Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I know, but you're not going to... You're going to... It's going to go on... When, how are you getting it? This is the Drop Podcast, where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Kulot. And this episode is presented by the Law Office of Mallon and Tranger. What's going on, everyone? Um, another great week, as always. Uh, again, Mike and I are blown away that... You guys continue to follow, like, rate, review, listen. Um, it, it's uh, it's really, um, you know, what started as a snowball is now um, an avalanche kind of going downhill, and we really, uh, really appreciate it. So thank you so much. You can keep uh, following, listen, rating, and subscribing to us on Spotify at The Drop Podcast. Uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube page. Check out all the content we're putting out there. That's the Drop Golf Podcast. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Twitter. Those handles are at the drop underscore pod. Uh, like, subscribe, follow, and listen along. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I mean, when you look at some of the numbers to where they were just last week, um, YouTube's gotten over 100 subscribers already. I think we're up to 134 right now. Um, Instagram is, is sniffing 300, you know, the amount of views that some YouTube shorts have gotten and Instagram reels are, are just out of this world in terms of can't believe it's really happening. Um, so we do appreciate you guys checking in and sending us, you know, all different types of questions and, and feedback and, um, good, bad or indifferent. It, it, it's helpful for us, um, because just like anything, we're, we're continuing to learn and we're just trying to, to make this enjoyable, fun. And it seems like from the, you know, the info that we're getting from you guys, it's, it's definitely happening. So, you know, we're going to continue to grind and continue to put our head down and continue to put out, you know, the best type of material and content and podcasts that we can. So, you know, I, I appreciate it as well. All right, Mike, we've had a big week so far, golfing wise. Before we get into the, you know, the rest of this episode and, and what we're going to talk about, um, last week we talked about the hole in one debate about where, you know, where, what kind of course counts. Um, and I, I got the numbers here. USGA rated golf courses only was the winner kind of went in that order the short courses was next, uh, the pitch and putt. And then, um, a couple, a couple little rascals picked, uh, the mini golf course as well. So I, I guess, you know, I, I guess I have to say yeah usga rated course is the only way which means when i get invited to augusta national i won't be playing the short course there because getting a hole in one doesn't matter apparently so i'm just uh well i think i think you know listen i i think the people have spoken and i'm a man of the people and you know we all can come together and agree that usga rated golf golf courses are it but when i say it just like golfs and just like everybody's golf swing, it's, it's not one size fits all. So clearly 
other opinions have stated that other things matter as well. So in terms of like where the final ball ends up, like I guess it's whatever you prefer, but I think the consensus was that if it's a USGA USGA rated golf course, then it, then it's automatic. It's a no no brainer like yes, I made a hole in one. And then everything else could be probably up for you know, a little little argument or a little conversation in terms of where you stand with with it. Um, but I think that seeing the results, it was a no-brainer in terms of like what definitively was with the others left open for interpretation. Right. I don't I don't think that was ever up for debate either though. The like of course if it's a USG GA rated course, that's that's a no doubt. Um yeah, so we'll, uh, you know, I don't know if that ends it. Maybe we'll open it up again, but at least it ends it for right now. That was the uh, the Instagram poll we put out. Um, thank you for all those that uh, that jumped on, um, A, that are following the stories and, and staying up with it, B, that, that had something to say on it, um, and thanks. And we're going we're gonna to tuck that into bed right now. Uh, Mike, let's chat about uh, Stanton Ridge. Yeah, so I mean, you know, again, with, with social media, again, it's always been something that I said, when used properly, it can be a great resource. And, you know, we were fortunate last weekend to to meet up with, with Orson Rosas and, and continue his journey with him there. And and then this week, you know, we met another person um, from the drop zone. His name is Brian and, and runs a nice little blog and Instagram and Twitter handle. And, you know, he's he kind of talks about New Jersey golf as well. So we reached out and said, Hey, you know, we'd love to get together, love to play. Um, so we initially had a date set up to play at a different golf course. And then we were fortunate to, um, be reinvited by him and his buddy, Mike, to go play Stanton Ridge. Never been there. Um, and we took the drive up. I mean, for me, it took almost two hours to get up there, but well worth the drive. Um, we had a nice little fun match. Um, golf course was in excellent shape. Greens were, were fast, were rolling. And, you know, it was a fun day up there. And we played a little match. And unfortunately, you know, it, it didn't work out our way because to Mike's credit, not only did he birdie 16 to, ha- to tie the match, we have on 17 and we get to 18 and you know Mike was telling us a story from when he was in the club championship he was it's a par four it's a good par four about 425 up a hill um today was dead into the wind but you know it seemed into the wind yeah it seemed to be Mike's arch nemesis because you know when he was playing in the club championship he was telling us he was three under going into the 18th hole and made a whopping 11 on the hole to shoot 76 so we thought, like, all right, we're even par. We're going into this. Or we're, we're all square going into the last hole. Like, it's his arch nemesis. I like our chances. You know, and I hit one in the left rough, which was fine. You hit it right in the right center of the fairway. So we're looking like we're in good shape. You know, and, you know, to Mike's credit, he, he pounds one, you know, down the middle. And, and Brian, unfortunately, dumps it in the drink. So we're loving our chances right now. We got two balls in play versus their one ball. Um, and and we, one ball with a checkered past. 
<laughs> yeah, one ball that does is already, you know, kind of getting a little tight. You know, we get up by the round around the green and you know, I don't hit the green, you miss the green. Um we both have kind of testy par putts left and Mike probably had about you know, 15, 20 footer off the green, you know, on the fringe. And to his credit, he tried giving me the four footer initially. Brian rescinds the gimme, says, no, 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 we can't give him that. And to Brian's credit, I probably agree that, you know, you, you can't give me that putt. And again, if you've been following us, we're, we're big into ball and hole. So I, I agree with Brian saying, I got to putt this one at the end. But clearly, Mike knew something that we didn't because Mike got over that 20-footer, right to left break, center cut, jarred it, game set match. So to Mike's credit, he ran a, a one-man show that last hole and, and dropped in a nice slider, right to left, 20-footer, off the green, birdie last hole, nonetheless went two under the last three holes to pull out a nice victory over us, so... Great day. It was great people. And, and like I've been saying, social media, being able to just connect with so many different people from all over that kind of had the same mindset that Ryan and I have with, with golfing in the Garden State. It's, it's been fun. It's been crazy. The people that we've met in less than a month and, and the places that we've been. So again, you know, what, what a day, what a golf course. Um, I, I can't speak, you know, any, any higher than, than I feel like I am. Uh, yeah, it was it was awesome meeting those guys and and as Mike said, it was really cool of them. You know, we tried getting a getting together with Brian, and then um, Mike wants to jump in and, and to invite us there is is uh, was was really cool. I mean, anytime you get invited to a place, it's it's always a special experience, and it never, you know, I, I, Mike, I know we've played a whole bunch of places that are private and and in our lives, and it's. It never gets old. The the you know the feeling you get of being on a place that's uh, you know forbidden fruit for for so many others. So it really was uh, it really is special. So uh, so Mike again in, in front of everybody listening to the pod. Thank you for having us out. It really was a great day. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and just to kind of echo that too, Rod. Just like just like any time that you're invited to someone else's golf course, it's, it's, it's a true honor that someone is willing to spend time nonetheless with, with us who are two strangers. And then to not only go through a three and a half, four hour round of golf, but then to leave there as, you know, friends more or less. And two other people that, you know, we talked to afterwards and said, listen, you're ever in our area and you want to come down and play, listen, by all means, we don't have the resources that you do, but there's plenty of nice public tracks, semi-private tracks in our area that, you know, we would love to go play with you guys. So it's, it's just amazing when it goes from two strangers, just like it was with Orson and his buddy Matt last weekend to this weekend, it's, it's Mike and Brian. And it, you're just building a network of people that that just care about golfing in the garden state. And, and that's just a, it's a fun thing. It's, it's a great journey that we're on in our own little way. And, and we're just, you know, beyond thrilled that, you know, people are open and willing to kind of hang out with us. Yeah. They, they, I think you said that nicely. Like, like came as, as strangers left as friends. That was, a, yeah. it was a really good, really good round.
Tom Mallon and Randy Tranger are board certified trial attorneys who share more than 40 years of legal experience. They specialize in personal injury matters, workers' compensation cases, and criminal and municipal defense. As certified trial attorneys, they have recovered millions of dollars on behalf of people injured in accidents and employees injured at work. They have offices conveniently located in Freehold and Point Pleasant. For skilled and personalized legal representation, call Mallon and Tranger at 732-780-0230 or check out their website at tmallonlaw.com. Not only are they good people, they're good golfers too. Before we get into the round itself, like our match, uh, they they anytime that I've played a match, Mike, and I know you you echo this the same team uh, the same thing. I've always played it where you play off of the lowest person's handicap, right? So if someone is uh, is a five handicap and someone's a seven handicap and someone's a nine handicap and someone's an 11 handicap, then the five handicap gets no strokes throughout the round. They just play golf throughout the round. The seven handicap then would get two strokes on the two hardest holes. The nine handicap would get four strokes on the four hardest holes and the 11 would get six and so on and so forth. And the numbers just, you know, we all know that that system i have never heard of playing full handicaps and and we played it with full handicaps so uh at the at the course from the tees we were playing uh mike was the lowest um he was a four he got four there uh and i was a 15 so i got 15 you know i got a stroke on 15 holes um it was really interesting, and it, it honestly it took a little bit. Like some of the holes, I felt it was kind of, I was like, "Well, this is stupid because we're all stroking here." So, um, so what, what are you, what are your thoughts on that, Mike? What are you, like we don't need yeah, to that's, necessarily like. I, yeah, it's I think, it's, but I think that's what we're what we're learning in this process in this journey. Like everybody does it a little different, and and it and to us that is not the norm to them that clearly is a norm but Mm -hmm. i also think that's where it's a little challenging too in the very beginning like we get there we don't really know them when we're just starting up conversation we're on the first tee like do you want to have a little fun match no money involved just like let's be competitive and let's play Mm -hmm. a little bit you you just don't know so when we're looking up the handicaps in that first tee and, and i'm a four um brian was a 10 Mike was a seven, seven and you're a 15. Like, I guess I, knowing how we've always done it, it was just, okay, Mike, you, you're taking, you, Mike gets none and we're taking four off everybody and that's what you get. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's what we just assume. So then when we're playing and we realize like, oh no, we stroked there and then we're, everybody was getting a shot. For someone like me who's so, or not me, but like low handicapper in the groupie, like you've never used to getting the shots. So like when you're now told you're getting when the mentality in a match changes. Like I didn't know I needed to make the putt. I thought we lost the hole already because you made four for three. I didn't know my four had a chance. Even though you're still trying to make the putt, the mentality before you putt it is definitely different. So yeah. 
Yeah, that, listen, I, it, it was a new thing for me. I've heard it before, but never in a match play twosome versus twosome in a group. Like when you're playing in a, quote, big game and you're playing with multiple groups because you're doing a blind partner, like sometimes you count, you use all your strokes because you don't know who you're getting paired with. Right. But when this match is like two versus two, I just assumed it was off the low ball. But again, I guess that's something new that mm-hmm. we, I guess, moving forward, when we get them in our neck of the woods, we're going to have to say, no, 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 no. We're going to play off the low <laughs> ball, you know, you know, but yeah, listen to their credit. It's not like we didn't have a chance. No, no, not and not knocking it. I was just, again, just curious because I had, again, never heard it or played it. Um and I, you know, it, like it, you think back to college, it's like house, house beer pong rules. You know, what's the, you know, do you got to hit the last, you know, you got to resync the last cup. What's the, do, do you get uh, shot backs? Do you get, you know, whatever the, whatever the rules are. And that's just, mm-hmm. that's their house rules. Yeah. And listen, I, and you know, it's, it's, it's a new, interesting, different way to do it, especially for us that we're, we're not accustomed to that. And Well, you're not. I'm accustomed to getting shots all the time. <laughs> fair. Fair point. Um, but, but, I mean, listen, I don't like that he made the putt. I was ready to go extra holes. I thought we were going to go jump on the first hole again and say, listen, we're, we're not going down without a fight and we're not leaving here without a winner. Um, but clearly Mike, again, Mike knew something. Mike knew something. He's trying to give me a four-footer because he knew he was going to make it. So I I do think our new debate topic for this week is uh, because how the handicaps worked, the 18th hole was a hole that Mike on our podcast did not stroke on, but myself, Brian, and Mike, who invited us, did stroke on. So I was glad here's, to be. Here's my be, question. I, I, this is how I want to word it because I want to word it carefully. I was glad that he made a birdie putt to beat us, and didn't have to use the stroke. Like, didn't you parred? He parred, but he's stroking there. He yeah. He beat us on the gross score. That's that. He beat us on the gross score. You beat us fair and square. I have no problem with that. But I do think, just like last week when we put that hole-in-one debate on Instagram, I think that's another good question to toss out there is when you're playing in a match, do you play off the low ball or do you play 100% handicap? Because it'd be interesting to see what everybody else does. And maybe, listen, mm-hmm. we, might, we might find out that we're in the minority and that, no, everybody gets their strokes because golf is hard enough. Mm-hmm. Golf is really hard. Yeah, I've we've we found that quite a bit. <laughs> but that's that's definitely going to be what we're going to throw up there. That that uh, go check it out and vote. We're going to put it on the Instagram story. Uh, are you are you playing off the low man or are you playing total? Um, even yeah, is it, it? and and just thinking, not thinking, because because Mike, like you said, I think you gave a great example. A great time to use it is when you have a group of. 20 guys and it's a blind pairing so you're playing full handicap so you know i'm getting strokes on all these holes and it's not off of who it is yeah not talking about that i'm talking about two on two uh one foursomes going out you're playing a uh 
a match, carts versus carts, and what do yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. I think more or less the question ends up being: is it is it off the low man, or is it a hundred percent handicap? Yeah, you know, and I think that that'll be an interesting question, and I'd love to hear what the audience has to say in regards to that one. Yeah. Um, but I really think when you when you think about the day, um, obviously great company, great course conditions the weather was like i mean you're talking 75 degrees in the middle of uh, well the beginning of november right in the middle of fall like you couldn't ask for a better day like when you think about those two nines out there clearly they were a lot different Mm -hmm. um was there anything specific that stood out to you a whole um a nine that really was like wow that's 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 fucking nice so I think my favorite hole, um, it, back to back holes are one, two, three, where four was four the par five, and then five's the par three. No, 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 other way. Four was the par hole. three. Four was yeah, the par four three. Was so the, it went three. Five's five, the par five. Three. Yep. So five and six. Uh, those back to back, they were they were beautiful. Um, I liked the landscaping that they had, the like the undulation of the fairway. Like it was a it was a tough hole, but challenged it to hit a good golf shot. Like knowing where people are going to be hitting, like where landing zones are going to be, and putting stuff in the way there is well architect. Six as well, the same thing. Um, five was downwind. Six was dead into the wind. But I think for me also, like, again, and, and this is, like, not talking about golf, the things around it, like the houses on those, on those um, holes are beautiful uh, with great landscaping and, like, stonework to build decks and stuff. So you add that into there. For me, there was just, like, like two very appealing holes to, to play golf on. And, again, this might be the, the masochist in me. That said... I thought I liked the back nine. It was super challenging, um, but it it really like the 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 greens were sneaky. Like they were they were quick, and they were like the breaks were so subtle that you you couldn't see them, and then you kind of walk around a little bit. And you're like, oh, there it is. There's the break. Like it just, and then it's like, okay, how much is it going to break? It was it was. Uh, I did. I liked the back nine better than I liked the front nine. Um, and and again, it just might be like I'd like to get my teeth kicked in for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would think when you when I think about that place, I, there's no doubt. Like Mike had mentioned and Brian had mentioned that you know that's two really different nines. Um, you know, I think the two holes for me that really stood out is nine was beautiful you know you're hitting that oh my god when you're hitting that tee shot right you look at it it's i I mean i don't have the card in front of me maybe like 370 but they have like the bunkers strategically placed in such great spots that there's one dead smack in the middle and you're like i'm not i don't think i can get there but you you definitely can on, on a good shot then you got another one strategically placed on the right side and then if you're fortunate enough not to hit it in either one of those bunkers then you're hitting a, a second shot like right into the clubhouse. And that, that 
deck, that porch, that area behind the green there is unbelievable. You know, you, like you've talked about many times on these shows where you could just be out there betting dollars and watching them. Like you say, like you could do that right there. It's, it's, it's a amazing ninth hole with a very challenging green, um, you know, two tiered, a lot of slope, like you've mentioned. It, it, it's a phenomenal ninth hole. And I, and you know, I, I thought that was amazing. And then, then all of a sudden you make the turn and you go to 10, like, bam, you got 475 par four monster, monster hole. You got water that sneaks out on the left at a two, 250 ish. You got a, you got a tree that overhangs on the right side on your second shot. Like, and now you're trying to hit a ball into like what looks like this tiny island out there, this little green. Ah, oh, listen, I thought 10 was it was a not only like a long hole for 475 at a par four, but like again, the design behind the hole was so good. And and you can see like when, when architects are building the golf course, like there's reason behind what they do. They're just not plopping a tree here for no reason or a bunker there for no reason or water here. It's There's purpose behind it. And I just thought going from 9 to 10 like that was like, man, those are two really, really nice holes. And, yeah, you know, listen, I, I probably could talk a lot about all the holes, but those were the two really that stood out to me as like shorter par 4, Phenomenal view coming up that second shot. And then 10, you know, you better buckle up and, and hit golf shots. Otherwise, you're starting the back nine with a bogey or a double. Right. Which nine did you like better? Uh, I mean, don't most golfers like the nine they played better on? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I played way better on the back nine than I did the front nine. But, I mean, I... I, like you, like I, I like it when it's hard. Like I, I like I feel like when it, there's a fucking challenge. Like you better hit golf shots here, dude, or you're mm-hmm. making fucking bogeys and doubles. I don't know if that makes us all focus a little more or like take shit more seriously. But there was no doubt when I got to the back nine, I was like, all right, you need you need to play because these guys are saying the back nine is way harder and. I believe the course from the Blacks that we played just played just under 6,900 yards. But it was only a par 71. So, like, mm-hmm. th- that, that's a long par 71. And I'm, I'm not even getting the benefit of a second par 5 at that number. Right. So, it was a long, in my opinion, a long back nine. And mm-hmm. I think I hit the ball better on the back. The front nine, I was just a hot mess. But... Um, yeah, I guess like any golfer, you like the nine you played better on. Well, my splits were even, so I liked so, the back better. <laughs> yeah, so like, 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 like me, there was – listen, I'm not saying the front isn't good. There's definitely – I mean, I, I thought the third hole was a, was a sweet-looking hole. Yeah, um, very I thought so. I thought four, the little short par three, which is another thing that most golf courses don't do nowadays is – no one's throwing in the 130, 110-yard par three. Everything nowadays is two and a quarter. Get your hybrid out and hit the four iron. As hard. So I love when it's mixed up like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you go to five after that. That little stretch that you talked about, five and six were gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. I, 
I think I don't know why more golf courses don't have that little one. For me, it's a no-brainer. Like you have four par threes. One of them should be short. One of them should be medium to short. One of them should be medium to long, and the other should be long. Like to me, I don't understand why they don't have. Okay, top one out at two twenty-five, but also put put the hundred and thirty-one in there and. Uh, when you play a golf course, you should hit every golf club in your bag. If you don't, you're either playing the wrong tees or that golf course wasn't designed for something like there was something in the golf course design. And I think that's an easy way to get the use of some different clubs there. Uh, and I don't, yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't. And again, if you're looking to like, oh, we're trying to protect the course or something like that, well, then protect like – then make it an island with a bunker around it, and you got to cross a bridge to go. I, I don't know, like have something up there. But to me, there's no reason. I hate when you go to a golf course and it's like, oh, this is a this is a 370 yard par four, and the next hole is a 225 yard par three. It's like th- th- those are. Well, like when I, you design I, yeah, when you me, design like. when you design your first golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I hope that you have some par threes that are on the shorter end because I'd like to make a hole-in-one there. I, I certainly will. I mean, as a wrap-up to this, I mean, I, I thought the golf course was beautiful. Again, the conditions were perfect. And, and I think the things that you and I have talked about when it comes to, like, golf courses specifically, for me, it's, you know, pace of play and it's the golf course condition. Those are the two things for me that are, like, are – really the end-all, be-all, and I thought the conditions of the course were phenomenal. The fairways were in great shape. The greens were rolling fast, and, you know, maybe we waited here and there, but I didn't, it wasn't anything that I was, like, sitting in a cart for 20 minutes before I hit a shot and then being like, dude, this is slow. Um, but then you also have to realize it's a beautiful day in November, so who's not going to want to get out and play? You're not right. going to steamroll a golf course. Right, and not only that – I felt like it was appropriately like there was a par three, and there was a par four that was into the wind. Like the, like the holes that we were that we did have to sit a little bit. A were towards the end of the round. We didn't have to sit any time in the in the beginning of the round. And then B, it was just like like you know how sometimes you got to wait because someone's going for a par five and two. Like it was the, it was it was stuff like that that, <laughs> that are that kind of that kind of bottlenecked us up. Um, in those kind of things towards the end. So, uh, yeah, no problem with that at all. And, yeah, beautiful course. It was it was really very nice. I, I know, um, you know, again, you put a bow on this, tremendous golf carts. They were really very nice. I was waiting for you to bring the golf cart up because I know that is like – that's that to the audience, I that's one of the things that the more Ryan and I play and we get in the cart together, I can't help – help myself but asking him well are we is this a good one or is this a bad one and when he says it's a good one you know it's like all right all right we're in a good golf court you know but but it is you see that it is like again that's not nothing it's not huge it's it's it's, it's, it's nothing it's not nothing it's nothing no it's not nothing right and that's why i'm going to ask you and you can be the judge of all the golf carts and i I, I mean, I think I think that. you I need to put together an executioner of all yeah, of you, the golf you need to put out you need to put out a blog about golf carts and 
you want to know the best golf carts in the state of New Jersey? Who's got the best golf carts? Who's well, got the Jeep? G- Who's got the say, GPS? No, Who's got see, the GPS? the GPS? Who's got the governor off? Who's got the audio well, hooked up? Nice. Who's got the <laughs> USB plugs? Who's got the seven cup holders? Who's got the heated seats? No, the, see, you're, you're going too far, and I know you're making fun, but <laughs> the, the GPS doesn't, like, that's not it. It's, it's honestly, it's the, uh, the room in the golf cart is what it is. It was, an, it was new. They were, they were nice golf carts. I, I did enjoy them. All right, Ryan, you got anything else? No, I'm all good. All right, just drop it over there then. Found it. <laughs>